tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we are here with Jessica Evans. Since Jessica was a child, she's held cats in the highest regard and has been surrounded by them between family cats, neighborhood cats, and now with her clients. Her childhood dream was to talk to cats, and now she does. For 10 years, Jessica suffered from chronic migraines, which led her to find energy healing. Through that process, she fell in love with energy healing and became certified in the emotion code, body code, Reiki 1 and Reiki 2, and now she's honed her craft and works exclusively with cats. Through this mission, she discovered her ability to tap into their thoughts and converse with them. Jessica dedicates her business to creating and restoring harmony between cat and their person through cat communication and energy healing. Her goal is to ensure that a newly adopted cat gets a fair chance of being welcomed into their family with open arms. The cat advocate in her always wants to ensure that no cats gets taken back to a shelter because of behavior issues. She works with clients to address aggressive behaviors, poor litter box habits, skittishness, and more. The goal is to teach owners more about the human side of cats and how they feel just as scared and ungrounded as we can in new environments. She's found that the more we recognize how our behaviors, thoughts, emotions, and actions can influence cats, the more we can grow individually as well as our cats and the life we co-create with them. One of her missions in this work is to educate cat owners about holistic alternatives once medical issues have been ruled out, the spiritual layer of cat behavior and how they respond to our energy. In her eyes, there is no such thing as a bad cat, but merely a cat who requires a bit of emotional and energetic support. Another passion of Jessica's is teaching animal communication using tangible methods like muscle testing or a pendulum. She offers online and in-person workshops to educate cat owners on how to include them in decisions regarding their well-being like food and litter preferences and even picking out their name. Jessica's mom to three perfect little kitties, Merlin, Leota, and Columbia. And when not working, you can find Jessica spending quality time with her husband, Andrew, at Walt Disney World or jam skating on the local trails. She currently resides in the Tampa Bay area. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. So I went through it in a bit in your bio, but, you know, share with our listeners, how did you become so passionate about cats? What is it about cats that really turned you on? Oh my gosh. Well, I first fell in love with cats when I was about the age of four and my, my uncle, also my godfather decided I needed a cat. I just needed one. So he just brought one home. And so it was just love at first sight. And we were together for 18 years. And I tell you, I'm still not over her passing away. Her name was Dora and she was just perfect. And ever since then, I've always had cats. It is just, it's my lifeline. If I don't have a cat near me, like I literally don't know what to do with myself. And when I was a kid, I just always dreamed like, oh my God, it'd be so cool if I could just talk to cats. Like I want to be able to talk to cats. Like what are they thinking? And now I can know what they're thinking. And it's so cool. I feel like I've manifested this. That is really cool. So but you've, you've had this interesting journey because you came to this mm-hmm. through your own health issues. 
Yeah. And so, you know, tell us a little bit, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit about your health issues. You talked about having some migraines and some other issues. So it sounds like you had to learn how to communicate with your own body, with yourself first and foremost, to be able to help you out. And how did you do that? I mean, I would say magic, but honestly, I, I got very lucky in working with different practitioners during those 10 years of migraines. I had actually filed for disability twice because they were just so incapacitating. And I was just, I wasn't really able to work well. It was becoming very problematic. So I filed for disability, got denied twice. And I was like, okay, well, something's got to give because I can't keep going the way I'm going. And I can't get ahead of these migraines. So I basically had nothing left to try. And I was like, you know what? Let me just try energy healing. I went to an Ayurvedic doctor. And between that and energy healing, I just like maybe five months into it, all of a sudden I didn't have migraines anymore. And I'm like, what? But during that time, one of our cats, Nokomis, passed away very unexpectedly. And it really, really hit home. She was only about six years old. And there was just no warning. She ended up having a heart attack. We just completely random, had no idea. And that really just completely pivoted my life because without having migraines, I had the mental capacity and the mental bandwidth to look into the spirituality of things and really try to understand what happened with her because I was really trying to fill a hole that she left. And I started getting certified in the emotion code and body code and really just diving into energy healing. Cause I'm like, obviously there's something here because I have never felt this good before. So it's like, I want to learn this. And then in doing so the spirit of Nokomis just kind of guided me into working with cats. And I was like, okay, well, you know what, like in your honor and in your memory, like, I'm not going to disregard that. Like I- I'm going to do this. Clearly there's something to it. And I just started honing my, my business and my practice and working with cats. And I've been doing that since 2019, early 2019. And it's been freaking awesome, really. <laughs> For folks that really aren't aware of what energy healing is and Reiki and, you know, you're talking about the motion code, body code, mm-hmm. if you could just kind of go through, give us a little mini masterclass on what all those components are. Okay. So the theory is that our body has the ability to heal itself. If we're looking at the body, it is completely connected to all of this energy and that energy is channeled from somewhere. So it could be, you might call it God. We call it source. It has so many different names, but all of that energy is getting funneled into you. What happens is when it gets entered into us, it's in the purest form, right? We are just, we're looking good, feeling good. We're bright and shiny. And then life kicks in. You know, we get these emotions, we get these different energies, we have trauma in our life, we have pain in our life. And eventually, all of that beautiful, shiny energy that was once in us gets a little dulled, a little blackened, and a little stagnant and starts creating blocks within us. And so that's where energy healing basically comes in. It's the ability to tap into that stagnant energy and be able to clear it so that you're kind of hitting reset in a sense all of those emotions that you were feeling that were really like bringing you down and causing stress in your life, causing inflammation in your body, all of these different symptoms, they just kind of fall away. And I mean, that's really the reader's digest of what energy healing is, but it's one of those things where it's extremely intelligent. And it's just a matter of being able to tune into your highest self, that 
the form of you that is meant to be you, even though you might not be in that form right now and just kind of creating harmony between the two. So what is Reiki and what is emotion code, body code? What, what do those things all stand for? So emotion code is a energy healing modality that focuses on clearing trapped emotions in the body, whether they are trapped in your glands, in your organs, that is the main focus of the emotion code. Body code is all encompassing where it's clearing energy, um, different kind of blocks from the entire body as a whole, the chakra systems, all of that. Reiki, on the other hand, is this highly intelligent energy program that basically when you tune into someone and like zoom in on them, you can hover the energy of source through your body and transmit this pure energy to them. And I'm using my hands right now, but you can't really see that obviously when you're listening to a podcast, but it's a matter of pushing like really beautiful, harmonious energy through you to them. And then that way it's kind of clearing, clearing the pipes, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I've actually, I've had Reiki before, so I'm going to use my hands here too, but we'll we'll describe it, which is so uh, for folks of you, many of you may not know this. I love massage. I am a huge fan of having massage and facials. You, you know, you touch me, you rub me. I'm a happy cat. I purr. So anyway, but I've done some Reiki too, especially when I had, I play tennis. So my knee was bothering me and my Achilles Mm -hmm. were bothering me and that kind of thing. So I did Reiki. So it's basically though, the hands are like, at least in my case, were like three inches above my body or two inches right above my body of the practitioner. Mm -hmm. And they're sort of working on these different places and balancing my body out. And it might not be my knee. That's the issue. It's really some other place that they're trying to figure out. And it's this really interesting sort of process of having someone else's, I don't know, their energy sort of trying to read my imbalances and, you know, it helps with my tennis elbow and that kind of thing too. And I don't get Reiki done regularly as much as I do on the massage side of things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, you give me a hot stone and I'm really happy, but I do see that there's a person and there's this, like, she does the whole core thing. So like, what's this like core stuff you talked about pendulum and you know this other stuff too. Do we radiate out from our core? Is that like what's important to us? I'm Mm -hmm. just, I always am baffled by sort of the, I don't want to say voodoo, but I want to say that there's a a ritual and a routine that goes on. Yeah. And there's a response, but I I still do have a hard time understanding what all of this is about. I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where the more you know about it, I feel like the more it can confuse you because it's like, but wait, how does this actually work? And a lot of it is just a matter of being like, well, you know what? I did it and I feel better. So obviously there's something to it. But when you say core, what I think of is really the highest self of a person, the best version of us that we could possibly be. And with pendulum and muscle testing, which is a form of applied kinesiology, what you're doing is asking questions to that highest form of yourself, the supercomputer, really, who who knows everything, has retained everything about you. And so you can ask that supercomputer, okay, you know what? I'm feeling pain in my knee right now. Is this actually from my knee or is this something else? And you can use your intuition the various like body code, emotion code comes with a bunch of charts that you can muscle test through. 
And like muscle testing looks like this for me, which again, podcast, but I'm interlocking my hands right now and I'm making rings with my fingers. And you can ask a question, like in my case, like, is my name Jessica? If I try to pull my fingers apart, naturally they stay together because my name is Jessica. But if I say, is my name Andrew? They naturally just kind of break apart because my name's not Andrew. That's my husband's name. And so that is just the ability to tap into that supercomputer and find out truths about you. And from there, that's how you can shift energy because it's really easy to determine what those blockages are. And then it's a matter of using the best method for you to release and remove, even dissolve what that blockage is and what that pain is. Because everything really is interconnected, which is so fascinating. And you brought that up when you were talking about like, I've got pain in my knee, but sometimes it's not even my knee that's doing it. It's just that area is probably a sensitive spot. And it's one of those things where that's the quickest way to get your attention. Like for me, if I have something going on with me, it always gives me a headache because there's nothing I pay attention to faster than having a headache just because I had migraines for so long. So I'm just hyper aware of that area, but it could be my back that's bothering me, but feeling in my head. So people will say, well, why are we talking about this on a cat podcast? And what I'm going to say is one of the hot topics since COVID and the pandemic started is we have a lot of emotional anxiety, compassion fatigue, burnout, moral distress. Moral Mm -hmm. distress is another topic that's out there. Yeah, We are taking care of so many cats out there in the community. We're feeding colonies. We can't get access to vet appointments because there's a shortage in vets because there's burnout in the vet community. How can we utilize some of these skills for ourselves and even transferring energy to the cats in our colonies? That is a great question. And I know this is a short podcast, so I'm going to try not to go on forever about this. But being in tune to your own energy And just being aware of how you are pushing your energy out into the world is one of the best things that you can possibly do, not only for yourself, but for your cats. Your cats see you at your best. They see you at your worst. They see everything. And they're very in tune to the subtleties of your energy. Um, A great example of that is actually before we started this podcast, my cat Leota had jumped on the desk and she was really kind of all over me. And I'm like, all right, what's going on, girl? Like, what are you trying to show me? And she was just kind of like loving on me. And I was like, oh, you know what? I didn't realize that I was nervous about doing the podcast. And so her presence calmed me. And so it's really important for us to be aware of our energy because the upset, the imbalance that we're currently experiencing as a collective it's now translating into our cats. I've noticed more and more on like Facebook groups and just groups in general that I follow, people are like, my cats aren't peeing in the litter box anymore. They're spraying all over the house. They're doing this, they're doing that. They never used to do this. And now all of a sudden they are. And it's like, well, first off, you're home way more than you used to be. Like your whole routine with them has changed. And not only that, your energy has changed because of everything that's going on. So they can only take so much. And that's why a lot, I just, I see it so often where people are like, I don't know what to do with my cat. I'm like, I want to, I need to give up my cat now because they keep peeing everywhere. And it's like, check, like, so it's not always the cat. Like, yes, rule out everything when it comes to a vet and maybe talk to a behaviorist, but it's not always the cat. It could just be your energy and the energy of the home. So one of the best things to do for yourself is listen to Hertz music and different vibrational frequency music that you feel might be best for you based on the state that you're in. So there's a lot on YouTube, which is 
amazing and free. And there's so many, there's some for like emotional discomfort. There's some for just stress and anxiety. Listening to music like that helps you raise your vibration and break down the energies that are causing stress in your life. And basically energy that is getting trapped in your auric field, which is like your little like energy bubble around you, which obviously your cats are always either very near or in when they're sitting on your lap. So they're absorbing all of that. So listening to Hertz music is always a great idea, especially if you're like a little unsure of whether or not you want to work with an energy healer. If you don't even think that's something for you, Hertz music is a great thing to do. Going outside, staying grounded, doing things that just make you happy as silly as they may be, whether it's dancing around your house, picking up a new hobby. I started roller skating last year because I needed something different and it just made me like ridiculously happy just to bust out my roller skates, little things like that. And just tuning into that, like, okay, what can I do today? That's going to bring me a little bit more joy, a little bit more ease, and then watch how that translates into your cat, because you're really setting an example. If you're just sitting on your couch, couch, miserable all the time, based on what everything that's going on, your cats are going to pick up on that. And they're going to start manifesting different behaviors. A lot of times just to get your attention to say, Hey, wake up, go do something, be happy, do something, try your best, as hard as that may be. Well, and one thing I used to do a lot, I don't, I don't do it as much as I used to, but I used to have to commute a lot from Vermont to Massachusetts. And I would do a lot of box breathing. So, you know, which box breathing is you're in the car, you're sitting there, what are you, what else are you going to do? And it's just to help get your breathing more regulated. So, I mean, you do breathe in four, hold four or more, breathe out four or more. And I would just sort of do that as a way of, of processing. And then there's also some tips like with transitioning. So if you're going from a work environment to your home environment, creating a transition, so you're not bringing some of that energy from your work environment to home environment, and you're able to be your most present self for your family. Yeah. Changing your clothes from your work clothes to your home clothes. That's a big, that's a big one. That's actually a really good way to kind of get into a different mindset as well. That way you're just not taking the baggage of your day home with you because there's got to be that separation. You got to have that delineation or it'll just eat away at you. So after you've gone through this journey, you went through a health journey, you went through this energy journey, and then you got into animal communication. Tell me, how do you make the leap from energy to animal communication? And how does one learn how to do that? So it's funny because while I was doing these very structured emotion code and body code session with cats in the very beginning, while I was tuned into them, I would just hear these little thoughts. And I was like, okay, where did that come from? Like, that doesn't feel like me. And I'm like, is it the cat? Like, I don't know. And so I would just reach out to the owner and be like, okay, I heard this. I don't know if there's any merit to this. Like, what, what do you see with your cat? And they would just come back and be like, oh my God, that's so funny. Like my husband and I were just talking about X, Y, Z. And so it just seemed like, it just kind of seemed like they, the cats were giving me these little like intuitive hits. And I was like, well, that's unusual and kind of unexpected. And from there, as I started just working more with cats, I would just hone in more and I would just get a lot more detail from them than I was expecting. And a lot of it actually had to do with their owners. They would just be very forthright and be like, hey, 
you know, she's great. I love her, but she needs to like calm down a little bit or like some one cat was really funny and he came to me and he was just like, Oh, she's helicoptering me bad. Like she's not giving me any peace. I need my space. Like I need my perch. And if I have a high perch, I'm good. And like, that was it. And it was just so funny. And when I relayed that back to the owner, she was just like, Oh God, no, I really do helicopter the cat. Like I didn't even think about it like that. And once I started getting those confirmations, I was like, okay, I I guess there's something to this. And so I just kept working at it and chipping away at it. And just, I would literally sit down and any cat that I could like somehow connect with, I would just ask questions and get responses. And it just, it happened very organically. And here I am. Like, it's just, it, it was very unexpected, but honestly, one of the greatest things that I've done so far in my life, don't tell my husband, (laughs) it's just been wonderful and just so uh, rewarding. And man, they're funny. We interrupt this podcast for a quick trivia question. Where's the single place with answers to all of your animal welfare questions? Yes. Even the one that kept you awake until two in the morning. Anyone, anyone, Bueller, it's Maddie's Pet Forum. Maddie's Pet Forum is the only dedicated forum for our industry where you can find answers from colleagues fast and free. Stop doom scrolling and join today. Visit forum.maddiesfund.org slash cats. Could your animal welfare organization use a tune-up? Humane Network can help. You can get a free 30-minute consultation to talk through your challenges and get ideas on how your organization can be more successful with less stress. From board development and fundraising to strategic planning and operations, Humane Network has got you covered. Whether you're a large or small, nonprofit or government, it's a live and thriving program led by a certified animal behavior consultant features specially designed training for shelter and clinic staff on enrichment, stress reduction, safe animal handling, and behavior modification. With Humane Network, you receive individualized advice and support customized to meet your organization's unique needs. And Humane Network can lighten your load by taking on fundraising, communications, and other tasks you struggle with. Contact Humane Network today for a free 30-minute consultation. Visit humanenetwork.org. That's humanenetwork.org. If you're running a rescue, you're probably overloaded with tons of tasks pulling you in even more directions. Dog and cat intakes, volunteers to communicate with, fosters to find and pass info to, and don't forget about managing the all-important donations it's easy to become overwhelmed, miss critical information, and worst of all, lose volunteers. Buzz to the Rescues offers an integrative platform that can help you gain back your time, streamline your workload, and clearly communicate with everyone on your team. Learn more at www.rescueyourrescue.com and gain back your peace of mind today. So one of the most frequent questions I often get Mm -hmm. from colony caretakers folks that are feeding community cats out there is does my cat or do the cats, does this cat, does this cat, what Mm -hmm. do they want? Do they want me to try and find a home for them? Do you, Mm -hmm. do they want to stay in their colony and die in their colony? Many times when they're older, they, do we bring them in and Mm -hmm. foster them until it's their time? Or do we let them stay out there? How can we best serve the cats? What is it that they want rather than what is it that I am imposing on them? Is there anything that from what your skills are Mm -hmm. that we can translate in to help our colony caretakers? 
Yeah, absolutely. So one of the best skills that can be learned is either using muscle testing or a pendulum. And it's really simplistic. It takes maybe about 10 minutes to learn, honestly. And once you have that cat in front of you, it's just a matter of setting your awareness to that cat, your intention on that cat, and be just basically saying, I want to ask this cat's highest self a few questions and get their permission. And if they are like, yeah, you know what? You can talk to me. That's fine. You can have a pendulum right in front of you, which of course I don't have mine in front of me right now, but you can just ask that cat, like, is staying here in this community in your highest truth and good. And they're going to say yes, or they're going to say no. I do teach an animal communication class that teaches those very tangible methods. And I'm a big advocate of basically letting you empower the cat rather than making decisions for the cat. But yeah, you can ask whether or not the cat wants to stay. You can ask whether or not they're happy with their food, whether or not they want to be adopted, if they want to be brought home. I mean, you can really leave it all up to them because the highest form of them knows what's best for them. And it really cuts out a lot of the middleman. And then a lot of like the worry and guilt that we take on as a cat caretaker, because you just want to make sure you're doing right by them. So if you're getting it from the horse's mouth, basically, you're like, okay, well, that's what you really want. And you can either take the advice or, and go somewhere with it or just let them be. So some cats are not willing to just sort of be there in front of you. So how do you deal with the cat that's like, you know, hiding in the shelter? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. I do all of my work remotely. So my clients come to me and they're like, Hey, I have this cat and she needs a little work. I'm like, send me a photo. As long as I have a photo of the cat, I can get a really good sense of the cat because I'm not communicating with them based off their facial cues or their eyes, how dilated they are. I'm not communicating off their tails or things like that. I am literally talking to the highest form of them. So as long as I have a photo of them or their name, I can tune in. That's really all I need. Now, uh, some people have expressed, not some, a lot of people have expressed a desire to communicate with their cats after they've passed. Yes. Is that something that you have experience with? Yeah. Yeah. I have channeled cats in the past, um, which channeling is basically kind of tuning fully into that consciousness of a cat, whether they're present, whether they have passed crossed over and letting that stream of consciousness come through. So it's like my awareness basically just separates and the cat's awareness comes through and it ends up being like this entire conversation. Um, I have done that a lot in the past for cats who have crossed over. I've done it for my own cat who crossed over. It's funny because by the time the session is over, I honestly have to go back and read it because I have no idea what was said because it's just like, I'm, I'm not there anymore. But that is something that's very common, especially when a cat passed, passes away very unexpectedly and they want to ensure the cat has actually crossed over. So they'll, you know, call me up and be like, hey, can you just check in and make sure she's crossed over or if there's any messages? Because a lot of the times I've found that cats won't cross over if they have a message for their owner still. They'll stay and linger, one, to make sure that they're okay and that they can grieve properly, but also if there's still something that needs to be said. That might be another episode. (laughs) 
very interesting. Yes, yeah. very interesting. And I mean, I know that some people maybe listening to this podcast would be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, this is stuff that, you know, I'm not, it's just not my thing. And I'm respectful yeah. of that. And I think we all are. I mean, we all have different opinions and, and we are respectful. But mm-hmm. I also will say, and I mentioned this before we hit the recording button, that you know, I ran into some situations with some folks that were like, I've tried everything. I'm, mm-hmm. I've lost my cat. And we haven't even touched upon that where people have lost cats and are looking yeah. to communicate to try and find mm-hmm. their cats. And that's another angle that's been used. Yeah. And it's like, if you feel like you're at your wits end, you feel like you are emotionally uncomfortable about mm-hmm. where you are. It's not going to hurt to try it. And, no. and maybe, maybe it will work. Maybe it won't work. But I think that it's just something that we need to be as potentially open-minded as we can. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I mean, obviously, I feel there's a lot of merit in it, but I can see where there's hiccups and people understanding. And it's just a matter of experience with it and whether or not you've had that. I feel like if you've had that like kind of spiritual experience with your cat in some sense, you can see beyond just their cute, furry little exteriors and be like, okay, but there's something deeper behind those eyes. And I feel like once you see that within them, it's a little bit easier to wrap your head around everything else because the energy of cats and the spirituality of cats is vastly interesting and runs a lot deeper than I think. I think it runs a lot deeper than even I fully understand, but it's cool. Well, and I would also challenge and say not only energy of the cats, but I'd also say energy of the colony. Yeah. You know, you have a group of 30 cats in a colony and you Mm -hmm. have a group of four cats in a colony, or say you have a group of 30 cats and then for whatever reason, several cats have died off. The energy changes, you know, in that that dynamic and in that grouping. And also there's I know when the Newburyport cats were dying off many years ago, we, I mean, we had 300 cats, started out with 300 cats and, and went down and down and down 14 different mm-hmm. feeding stations. But the years were extremely emotional where the cats were old and yeah. one by one, they were phasing away in a variety of different ways, either going yeah. in with a feeder as a foster in a hospice foster situation or basically just wandering off and not being seen again and mm-hmm. very emotional for the feeders, emotional yeah. for those cats losing yeah. their partners. Some of them were buddy cats, you know, they mm-hmm. had their special pal. And yeah. so there's a lot of different kinds of energies out there too, that we yeah. sort of have to be respectful and aware of, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things where if you think about how a cat grieves, you know, that's trauma for them. And if that's not energetically and emotionally dealt with and supported that can manifest in different ways and may even cause different diseases within them. I mean, we know how stress can negatively impact a cat over time. So imagine how that gets like completely like compounded when there's more cats involved because everything at that point becomes escalated. I mean, I'm sure, you know, it only takes one basically like bad seed in a sense to really trickle down into things. So if one cat is really, really grieving and their energy is just not supported, they're going to make it known to every other cat as well in some way, shape or form. And it depends on how sensitive energetically the other cats are in whether or not they are going to let that, the original dynamic negatively impact them. So let me ask you this question. So say I'm going into a new colony, not spayed or neutered, the process of trapping community cats is jarring. 
you know, it's disturbing. You know, we have, they go in the trap. Oftentimes they'll flip around in the trap until we get it covered and we get them calm. And so it's an important job that's being done. I totally am a strong advocate for spay and neuter, of course, but it's a little bit rough. You know, it, it, we do everything. We have our trapper certification workshops to, to show folks how to make sure that the cats are kept as comfortable and as calm as possible in this whole process. But it is surgery. They are, you know, being kept in a trap for 24, 48 hours before they're being released back to their colony. You know, are there any things that you can think of to share with folks to help help ease that process a little bit with them? I mean, are we to come in with a different energy intention? So is there a way for us to keep the cats calm based on our behavior? I guess I would say. Absolutely. And I feel like you kind of hit the nail on the head just the way that you were explaining it. Like it is very stressful for the cat, right? And so you know that going in because you've experienced it and you can see, you know what, this can either go one way or it's going to go the other way. And so there's a trepidation within us whenever we're doing anything with our cats where we feel like there's going to be some harm done to them. Even if it's best for them, we know there's a trepidation. I know I experience that anytime I have to take my cats to the vet. Like, I know this is good for them, but I get nervous and anxious for them because I know they're not going to like it. And so it's a matter of reminding yourself that everything that you're doing, even if the cat isn't going to be super jazzed on it, obviously they're not going to be happy. You know, in your heart, you're doing what is best for them and for their life going forward. And it's a matter of really staying in that energy and really staying in a heart space rather than getting too far into your mind of the ifs, ands, buts, all of that. And having any like guilt around it, because that, I mean, that's something that I know I feel whenever I have to do anything cat related. Like we had one of our cats not too long ago who had to stay overnight at a ER because he had bladder crystals. I felt so guilty. And I'm like, but you know what? This is best for him. And I just have to stay in that heart space and know that everything is going to be okay. And just basically send your love and like happy vibrations to the cat and just smile, honestly, like it sounds so silly, but just kind of smiling and staying grounded and just trying to be in a very peaceful energy is so important. You mentioned box breathing before. That's a great way just to kind of like get your energy down to like a nice, just even flow, peaceful state, because if you're calm, cool, and collected, the cat will eventually they'll pick up on that and be like, okay, now granted, there's some cats who are just going to do what they're going to do. We all know that cat cats exert completely off their own free will, but setting the tone for being as peaceful and just forthright in your intention is really a great foundation. Jessica, if there are folks that are interested in finding out more about the work that you do, I believe you, you know, you sometimes do educational programs and sessions and you Mm do, you know, consulting and that kind of thing. How would folks find out more about your work? So you can find me at felineascension.com. I use the same handle on Instagram, on Facebook, think on YouTube as well. And pretty much everywhere, you can't get rid of me. <laughs> um, but through my website, I do offer live webinars where I do um, energy shifts for the cat collective. I do one-on-one sessions. I have animal communication courses online. I do some workshops in person. I'm everywhere. I'm just trying to get the word out. Great. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Ooh, that feels like a loaded question. (laughs) But I think the biggest thing, I think what I want the takeaway to be is 
we often work out of the think like a cat operation, which is great. But sometimes I think it's fun to think of your cat like a human and just work with your cat through that energy and look at things from a really like high level perspective. It's amazing how quickly energy can shift for them and how their demeanor can change when you kind of just think of them as equals rather than as a pet. Excellent. Well, Jessica, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show and I hope we'll have you on again in the future. Thank you. I would love to. We could talk about soul contracts and the cats crossing over and the whole, the whole shebang. <laughs> Excellent. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Visit Communicap.